So, I'm out here on the lovely forested trails of Lincoln. I, I might be in Concord at this point, I don't know. But let's say Lincoln Concord, and you can hear the bell in the background of Tico, my dog, with me. And started thinking this might be a very good time to work on episode four of Tark Tales, which I'm going to dub the Hut Traverse. So, on its surface, the Hut Traverse in New Hampshire's White Mountains has absolutely nothing to do with Tark. Um, what it is, it's Let's call it about a 50-mile run with, I don't know, 17, 18, 19, 20,000 feet of elevation gain where you connect all of the Appalachian Mountain Club's high huts in a single day. So fascinating history to the hut traverse, in case you don't know, but I'll let you look that up for yourself. The very short version is, it started as a challenge to complete this in under 24 hours for the uh, hut crews that worked the huts um, over the summer. So, what does this have to do with Tark? In, I don't know, 2013, 2014, my friend and I, my friend Scott Trayer and I, decided to attempt the hut traverse. But we were, um, I, I don't want to say arrogant. Scott's not. I was uh, arrogant, cocky. You know, I was um, training to run Western states where I thought it was big, a big deal, because I'd won a, a slot into it. And Scott, I had just met, or heard of, because of his efforts in the uh, Winter Fells run, where he had come very close to besting my personal best time on the 40-mile course dropping under six hours. So, here we are, a couple, uh, you know, mid-30s studs, thinking we're pretty hot shit. So, we decide to take on the hut traverse. And not just the standard traverse, but we went with the really, really old-school uh, hut traverse known as the McPhail route um, which is a much harder route I think starting at Madison Hut and going to Carter through Pinkham and to Lakes of the Clouds and and on from there it's uh, it's gorgeous but it is not easy and I somehow 
am just wandering around the woods now, not on any trail. Uh, give me one second here. Oh, there we go. There's the trail. Now I'm back on the trail. Okay. So, Scott and I decided to tackle this very difficult route in the whites. And we figured we'd, we'd go for the fastest known time, the FKT. Now, for a little background, the FKT was 12 hours, maybe 11 minutes, and it was over 50 years old, or right around 50 years old at the time. So, it was a very stout record. Um, the hut traverse is also a point-to-point, so we needed a car drop. So my dad graciously, Scott and I drove up together from Boston. My dad graciously drove over from Vermont, picked us up at the one end, at, uh, right at Mount Lafayette, Franconia Notch State Park, and then drove us to the other end um, towards the Appalachia Trailhead. And we spent the night in a motel with him and got ready to, to run our route. And the most excellent part about this, well, not the most, but one of the most excellent, was that Jeff List, a fellow Tark member and runner who probably knows more about the White Mountains than just about anyone alive, uh, had agreed to crew for Scott and I. Uh, He was probably training for his, like, 37th Hard Rock finish um, and just wanted a big day in the mountains. So he was going to crew for us. It was awesome. Jeff's a wonderful, wonderful guy. So my dad, uh, in early, early morning, is driving Scott and I over to the trailhead so that we can do our climb up Madison because, well, the route starts at the hut. It definitely, um, you know, it officially starts at the hut. Scott and I wanted to make it even harder by adding the climb up uh, Mount Madison to get to the first hut. You know, a 3,500-foot climb first thing in the morning. Nothing, nothing that, uh, nothing that we can handle, you know. Uh, and this was Memorial Day weekend, so the huts were just kind of getting open at the time. So as we are driving over, my dad gives us the words of encouragement that says, hey, you know, um, don't have a heart attack out there. This was shortly after the legendary figure Caballo Blanco had died of a uh, freakish um, heart condition. And so those were kind of the parting words of, of encouragement um, I was left with from my dad. Kind of funny. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, Scott and I, here we are, prime of our ultra running careers, and we're going to go crush this FKT on a beautiful, 
beautiful day, Memorial Day weekend in the whites. So we go up, you know, we just, we just have a super easy time climbing up Madison, get to the hut, and we're like, okay, let's, uh, let's start the official watch here. And then we start going. And we wanted to be as true to the classic route as possible, so we went down Madison Golf Trail. Neither of us knew what that exactly meant. So if you're familiar with the White Mountains at all, you'll know that, you know, some of the trails are really, really nice and smooth, and some of them are some of the most technical, burly, just crazy mountain trails you can you can find just about anywhere, at least in America. I don't know. I haven't spent much time running around Europe, so I bet there's some pretty crazy stuff there. But as far as trails go, Madison Golf is is certainly right up there with ones that will capture your imagination. So Scott and I, these young cocky bucks, start running down Madison Golf. And by running, I mean downhill, I looked at my fancy GPS watch, and going downhill, we were going like 22, 24-minute miles. And at one point, Scott slipped. He was wearing like a track flat, basically for this run, he slipped, tweaked his knee, and that kind of played for the rest of the day. So, I at least I started thinking at that point after Madison Golf that this was going to be a much different day than I had anticipated. You know, the glory of shattering... Uh, 50-plus-year-old FKT was not necessarily going to be in the cards on this day, even with, you know, at the time, I'm willing to say it, I'm willing to, to boast a little bit, at the time, we were two of the fastest uh, TARC members out there. Um, so, we continue, and it just kind of goes from bad to slower and so slower to me meant worse and at one point we had to go down the wildcat ski slopes and Scott who is I, I'm not sure if he actually feels pain like other people but he was so uncomfortable that he could he basically couldn't run down these ski slopes and I mean they are really steep but for Scott not to do that you know something is is up with his with his knee so we pull into Pinkham uh, where we meet Jeff after this so we're I don't know the FKT is probably like an hour from the start maybe not that much but it was really fast we're already probably like two hours behind FKT pace. So we're talking to Jeff and he's got a little table set up for us with all our snacks and water bottles. And 
I'm sort of thinking, looking at Scott, and he's like, no way, I'm, I'm still going. You know, we had probably 40 miles left of this run. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. True Scott fashion. And so we keep going. Now, this is also the era of Tony Kropichka. And so I have, all I'm carrying is two handheld water bottles. I'm wearing like vaguely inappropriately short, shorty shorts. And that's it. So no, no top. Um, shorts that, you know, don't leave a lot to the imagination. And two handheld 20-ounce uh, water bottles. That's it. That's the... Oh, and they had, like, pockets. So I had... I think I had, like, a gel in there. And Scott pretty much dressed the same, carrying the same things. He might have only had one water bottle. But I think... He also was wearing a um, Ronald McDonald house uh, from Denver, Colorado t-shirt from the 1980s. I want to say it's like a 1985 t-shirt. And this thing is so threadbare. He still has it to this day. Um, it is so threadbare that I, like, it's basically like wearing nothing. So, you know, all the signs in, in any mountain town, you know, be prepared for the worst. We, I think, sort of a sign of our uh, cockiness, we completely disregarded any idea of preparation. And we are just like, oh, no, we're going to be fast. Um, so we weren't that fast. I mean, I guess relative to other people, we were probably kind of fast. But after leaving Pinkham and Jeff, we were not very fast. And it's just like, holy crap. I'm starting to think, how is it possible that somebody 50, 60 years ago ran this in 12 hours? You know, it's, it's just insane. And so we meet Jeff, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 miles and five hours, six hours later. Um, at Crawford Notch and then we keep going the plan is to meet him over at Galehead Hut which is kind of the last place before the final push along Mount Garfield and Mount Lafayette down to the finish at Lonesome Lake and the, that finish um, up Garfield and Lafayette is epic it's just so difficult but that was the plan so we leave, and we finally find kind of a rhythm. We're getting into it. You know, we're both pretty tired. We're both essentially naked. And so we're just running along what, in my mind, is hands down the smoothest stretch of the entire hut traverse. You know, and Scott's a little, he's been running a little weird because of his knee all day. and. But we're, we're approaching um, Zealand Hut, and it's just really delightful, smooth. I'm actually on a trail right now that is reminiscent of that. It's like just a, you know, very slight downhill and like pine needle, 
kind of buff down a little bit. And I'm in front because, again, if you know Scott, he has a hard time uh, staying on trail and not getting lost. So I'm in front, and then I hear as we've entered this flowy zone of movement, and I'm starting to feel good about our chances, I just hear a woof, and I, so I pull up, and I look, look behind me, and Scott, like, picks his head up, and he's just bleeding profusely from his face. He'd hit this little rock, and somehow, no idea how, managed to hit his face on the only other rock that was on the trail and it hit right below his eye and he had this like scraggly beard I mean within seconds he's just got blood covering this like the whole side of his face getting into his beard his eye is swelling shut and I'm just like oh my god you know and he's he's like tough as nails so he's like what what what's wrong like am i bleeding i'm like dude your eye is like swollen shut so he's like well let's keep running i was like whoa 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 no let's we're we're gonna walk it in on this flat stretch to zealand we're probably a mile and a and a half or so away from the hut and and I'm like, no, please. I like Scott. This is two injuries in two days. Like, I. So I was, I was a little worried. Like, I, there's no way he could have seen through that eye. So we walk, and we get to like a, to a crushed gravel path that's totally flat. There's no rocks or anything. So he's jonesing to keep running, and I'm like, okay, fine, fine, fine. So we start sort of jogging in to camp, to the hut. And Zealand Hut is very accessible to people and families, so it's a very popular family destination. And this was the first weekend the huts were sort of open on moss, and that's a fancy word, on moss. Um, I like my accent when I say that too. But the huts are open this weekend. It's Memorial Day, and so we walk in or run, jog in, and there are dozens and dozens of families with little kids. And, you know, we've been running for, at this point, it's got to be close to close to 12 hours, uh, let's say at least 11. And Scott looks like he's been attacked by a bear. I mean, he's just, blood is all over his face, on his Ronald McDonald 1985 threadbare shirt. I am basically like a nudist and there's, it's like family time, you know? So we're walking in and we go up to the hut. Like little kids are crying at the sight of this. They're just like, mommy, daddy, what is happening? Um, Sure, plenty of kids have nightmares about this. Like what is gonna happen to me out in these woods? And so, anyway, we get up to the hut, and there's a volunteer, and she's, I'm going to say she was a, a lady in her, let's say, late 60s, 70s, grandmotherly, and 
we sort of, I sort of explain what's happening, and I ask, hey, you know, we're looking for some ice to put on Scott's face, which is just, I mean, I, I've never seen something swell up this quickly. It was, oh my God, it was insane. And when we tell her that we've been running, you know, because we're, at least I was, Scott's much more humble than I am, and so... You know, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we started at Madison Hut this morning, and, you know, we're already here at Zealand. And the lady looks at me like, okay, you're kind of a D-bag. And then looks at Scott, who's just, I mean, quasi-moto, phantom of the opera, you know, pick your disturbing creature. And that's what Scott looks like. But... Um, she turns to us and she goes, well, that's what you get for running. And I'm just like, what? Come on. So Scott and I sit there for probably 20, 30 minutes talking about what to do. And it's a real easy walk out from Zealand to the road. I'm like, Scott, we've had two injuries today. We're about to go into one of the most remote sections of the hut traverse and difficult. I was like, let's just, we'll call it a day for you here. I'll go, I'll meet Jeff at Galehead. We'll run out to the car together, come back, pick you up. So he was, he obviously wanted to keep going. He's like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Kind of like the Monty Python, the night guy. No, it's just a flesh wound. It's like, you, there's, you don't have depth perception, your eye is closed, you know. So, Anyway, we finally agree, yeah, that's the, that's the best bet. We have no chance of the FKT. So I continue, um, I don't know, six, seven miles to meet Jeff. So I'm thinking six, seven miles, no problem. You know, I look at the split between these two huts, like what, it, what McPhail had run, and I get, I, f- I feel pretty good on it and I get to I get to the top of South Twin which is uh, you have a steep steep descent down into the hut from there and I'm looking at the split and I'm like oh my gosh I might for the first time all day I might actually like match or best McPhail's splits between huts and so I start down and I get to the hut, and I'm like 15 minutes behind his split. And again, you know, it's it's getting to be a little close to dark. No chance I could finish um, in the light at this at this pace, at this rate. But Jeff is there. He's been waiting a long time. He's like, "Where, where's Scott? What the heck happened to you guys?" And we're just like, "Well, you know, it's a story, Jeff." Um, but I'm, I'm pretty cashed mentally, physically, you know, yeah, I've got my, my nudist approved running shorts, my two bottles, no shirt, no headlamp. Jeff's like, Oh, I'll give you, I'll give you a shirt. I'll give you a headlamp. I was like, no, 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 I'm done. So we run out, go get Scott. And by the time we get there, Scott, who again, uh, the guy is superhuman, has, like, the swelling's gone. He looks totally fine. 
and he's he's like out at the road he's like I've been waiting for you guys for like an hour um, and so that was I, I mean I was amazed at how quickly like the swelling in his face went down um, it was truly astonishing but that was the the tale of the first hut traverse which you know I was amazed I was amazed at how um, how much it humbled me because I was so convinced I was some sort of like hot shot awesome kick-ass runner and you know who are these people from 50 60 years ago who set these times on the on the on the white mountain courses and routes but I will say I have a new appreciation after that day for those those like mountain crews from 50 60 years ago from the 50s and 60s they were a different breed and truly remarkable athletes um, so hands hand applaud to them hands hand clap I don't know some some sort of props to them um, and just a side note a couple of summers ago the hut traverse record although it was a standard route um, which starts at Carter hut and not Madison um, was broken so somebody dipped under 12 hours for the first time and then like which is amazing right first person to run the a hut traverse under 12 hours and then poor guy who set that record i think like a week later um somebody went under 11 hours so the amc huts are closed for the summer of 2020 but you know definitely an adventure worth exploring um and just reading the history of the huts and the hut traverse is well worth it um it's a it's an incredible legacy that's up in those hills so i hope everyone's able to get out and enjoy them at some point